Welcome back everyone to the podcast. This is Andre from Mental Health and I'm here with Rob Whitley from the Department of Psychiatry at McGill University in Canada. Hi Rob, how are you doing? Hello Andre, very well. How are you doing? I'm really good and I'm really interested in this thing that you've presented, this work that you're doing on something I hadn't heard about before, seduction community. So what is a seduction community? Uh, The seduction community is a global community. It's a multi-million dollar community. It's somewhat of an underground community, so it's basically a community of young men who get together regularly in person. Uh, It's also an online community where there's a lot of people talking online, a lot of videos on YouTube. Um, And the stated purpose of this community is to improve men's success with women. Uh, There's a couple of um, cognate terms for the seduction community, so pick-up, pick-up artists, uh, game, some people call it. But yeah, it's this kind of big global community. It's it's increasing in size. Uh, If you look at the YouTube channels of the big uh, gurus in the seduction community, they have like 15 million views, hundreds of thousands of subscribers. So it kind of exists under the radar of society. It was really interesting to me that when I started tweeting about your talk, I very quickly had a tweet coming back saying, is seduction community a euphemism for pickup artists who are ghastly and have awful ideas and behaviours? Uh, so thanks to Rob Pencil Bloke who <laughs> tweeted that. Um, I think a lot of people respond to this with kind of horror. They kind of recoil at the, the, the terribleness of this thing. Um, but let, tell us a bit about the research that you did and what you found out. Sure. Um, I mean, to contextualise it a bit more broadly, I've been doing research on mental health for 20 years. I'm a professor in a psychiatry department. And 10, 20 years ago, or even now when I tell people I do research on people with schizophrenia and people with bipolar disorder, I get those kind of reactions as well. People say, oh my God, that must be scary, those violent, extreme, uh, crazy people. Um, The job of social scientists is to get out there and to try and disentangle the myth from the reality and try and see if what the media says, for example, is different from what's actually happening out there in society. So um, what I actually did in this research is I... Uh, got a funding from the Canadian government and we did a two-year ethnographic study. So for those who are not aware, ethnography means really going under the surface, uh, getting to know people, getting to know their motivations, spending time with them, uh, leads to what we call a thick thick description in anthropology. Um, So we spent two years in a seduction community uh, in a city in Canada and we uh, did interviews with people in that community. We spent the day with them, spent an afternoon with them. We actually rented a a room in an apartment where some of them lived and would spend a lot of time there going out to clubs, uh, going out on the streets, going out in the parks. So really got to know them. And like I said, the two main aims in this study, one was to find out why people joined the community, uh, and second, what was the impact of them being in this community. And the kind of third sub-aim was to try and understand what's actually happening in this community. Were you surprised by the findings? I think when you look at the findings... The, it is quite different from how the media has represented this community. Uh, just as if you do a thick description with people with schizophrenia, you'll see that it, uh, people with schizophrenia are not violent, uh, extreme people, but actually very nice, loving people in general. Um, in our findings, what we found, for example, is that over 50% of the men in the community were immigrants. And um, transversal across the immigrants and non-immigrants was that many men joined this community due to a chronic sense of loneliness. Many of them self-described themselves as, as nerds, as socially anxious, as socially awkward, as people who were super shy, people who had no social skills. A lot of the men were, um, came from broken families that had no male, male, male role, 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 role model. 
uh, no older brother, no father around to teach them certain things. Um, and these men said that some of those men had mental health issues like depression and anxiety and said they'd gone to conventional services, but they found it wasn't for them, just sitting on a desk one-on-one. Uh, so they went to this community and found it a kind of welcoming place. What actually happens in this community is that men, the older men, tend to model the younger men certain activities, give them a lot of support, so we'll give them feedback and say, you know, when you talk to somebody, you're not looking them in the eyes, you, your, your dress, dress sense is not very good, um, you don't have, uh, you're not really bringing much to the conversation. When you come here, you've got to bring value. That's a phrase that you hear constantly in the community, bring value, bring value, bring value. And that the men would model each other in how to bring value to others, how to speak better. Uh, a common finding we found in the results was that men would say, we, um, uh, I was very nervous speaking in public before, I was very nervous speaking to a stranger, but being in this community has given me new social and communication skills that have helped me address this. So I feel nature abhors a vacuum. The seduction community is filling a void. Uh, there aren't many official services out there for young men to help them uh, overcome loneliness or to help them with regards to community integration or to help them with regards to social capital. Uh, and the seduction community is out there. A lot of men said, you know, I was on the internet forever. This was all I found. Look, Googling, looking for help. Uh, therefore, I joined and it helped. It's interesting, isn't it? Because what we know about interventions for men be they mental health interventions or loneliness interventions is that what works is stuff which isn't a you know loneliness group or a mental health group it's things like men's sheds mine runs a dudes with dogs group which is you know depressed yeah. men walking their dogs yeah. as long as you don't have to make eye contact as long as you don't have yeah. to talk about your depression you might have a yeah. useful intervention but this takes it to the extreme doesn't it because this is a an intervention if you can call it that which comes with a lot of baggage is potentially misogynistic is potentially feeding into all sorts of really dangerous behaviors or is it i mean i look at the seduction community a bit like how i look at religion so there are many religions out there and every religion has many sects if you look at judaism christianity islam um, and there are certainly some elements of probably all of those religions which are kind of maybe dangerous for society and contain harmful elements and exclusionary elements and hateful elements um, but within religions there's also uh, an emphasis on socializing on social support on peer support on helping people out who are in a in a worse way um, so the seduction community in general when you look at the whole global community there certainly are um, so-called gurus out there or, or certain small groups of, of the men uh, who are doing damaging things, doing illegal things, um, who, uh, whose language does contain a lot of misogyny and a lot of um, objectification. Uh, but on the other hand, a lot of the men we talked to and the community I looked at, there was a lot of... Um, that was not a core theme of the study. Um, and some men did actually reflect that they were exposed to that kind of stuff in the community. If you look at some YouTube videos or meet some of the instructors, and, and they were equally repulsed by that, um, that they found that that was not something that they chose to buy into. Uh, just in the same way in religion, you know, we, we, there's creeds, Christianity, there's a creed, there's, well, there's many creeds, three creeds, uh, but not every Christian believes of every statement of the creed or believes that every verse of the Bible is something, a, a guide for life. Um, so it's a mixed bag um, that I, I'm certainly not saying this community should be reproduced wholesale as a uh, men's mental health intervention, but one of my key findings from this study is that 
there are elements within this community, critical ingredients, which could perhaps be distilled and transformed, uh, minus the emphasis on sex and seduction, into a real men's mental health intervention. So tell us more about that then. If there's people listening who are thinking about developing loneliness interventions, what can they learn from the seduction community? I think some of the key things from the seduction community are as follows. Uh, Firstly, it's a horizontal community, so there are kind of leaders and instructors, but they're generally the older, more experienced people. Um, It's almost like a mental health peer support community. It's not the same as a traditional uh, psychiatrist-client relationship. Um, They meet together in person, physically, they get together. Um, They do a lot of activities, uh, in situ activities to help people learn. So one that I witnessed regularly when I observed this community was that the, the younger men who said they were nerds and they couldn't have a conversation, uh, the older men would go out and say, go up to that person at the bus stop, and not necessarily a woman, by the way, and just go and say, like, oh, uh, is this the right bus stop to, uh, to get to uh, St. Catherine Street? And then try and continue the conversation. And the older, older person would go and sit at the bus stop and pretend he was a stranger and listen in. And then afterwards would give feedback and say, well, you missed a chance there to you know, crack a joke or to continue the conversation or make things more interesting. So that kind of in-situ learning, I'd say, is one of the key factors. Um, another thing I would say is important is the uh, emphasis on action and skills. So a lot of the emphasis is on learning new skills, on taking action, on making an action plan, uh, doing so-called homework, they say. So, for example, reflecting yourself on what is... Um, what you've done wrong socially, how what you went to an event, you didn't talk to anybody, why you tried a conversation, it didn't work out. So that kind of level of self-reflection. Um, a third thing I would say is the way that the seduction community talks about things like cognitive restructuring. So it doesn't use a phrase like cognitive restructuring, it uses a phrase like inner game um, and a phrase of outer games. Outer game is like dress, social, uh, eye contact, social skills. Cognitive restructuring is thinking about things like self-esteem, bringing value. A lot of men in, our, in my study, as is sad throughout society, said, I have low self-esteem. I don't feel I bring any value to people. Why would anyone want to get to know me? I'm a nobody. I'm 21 years old. I, I work in a factory. Um, and in the community, the older men and the other men in the community are trying to model people, saying, no, no, you bring value. You're funny. You've, you've uh, got an interesting personality or you've got to work on these things so in fact what I found is that a lot of the elements of the community overlap with cognitive behavioural therapy Um, if you think of cognitive behavioural therapy cognitive restructuring um, if you think of homework uh, action plans, setting goals acquiring new skills these are the key elements of cognitive behavioural therapy this all happens in the seduction community through peer support, through older people helping younger people, more experienced people helping less experienced. So if we can take those things, uh, build similar interventions, um, uh, like I said, minus the emphasis on sex and seduction and maybe some of the misogynistic language you occasionally see or the objectification of, of women and men, I should say, because a lot of the men in the study said if you take it to an extreme, you objectify everybody. You just see everybody as someone to gain. Um, I I think we can really take some of these ingredients and create new men's mental health interventions which is a huge crying need for as we know from the suicide rates and the substance use rates and the lack of service utilisation rates in mental health services so I I feel this is a good foundation for intervention creation and intervention development and my hope in the future is to uh, work with others to try and create some similar interventions and as, as a researcher to 
do some evaluations. It's fascinating work. I know you've got a paper coming out on it soon, so we'll certainly keep an eye out for that. Thanks very much for sharing it with us. Thanks a lot, Andre. I appreciate the chance to talk about the study.